Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. Thy 
Holy child of Bethlehem. 
You guys may be seated. A reading from Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Luke chapter 1, verses 34 through 38. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of God. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her.
I'm reading from Luke 2, 1 through 13. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all, would be, all the world would be registered. This was the first registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judah, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and earth and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And when the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb.
It worked fine earlier, just so you know. <laughs> Did anybody pray for patience today? Because I think this is like God showing us. <laughs>
Okay, Joanne? It's just a microphone. We're going to need to take up a special offering. No, thank you. Well, I wanted to give a short message on this Christmas Eve. Um, I will try not to be taking up too much of your time this afternoon, but Christmas Eve is a time for families to gather. I'm assuming most of you probably have plans after service today, probably having dinner with, with loved ones and with your family members. And at Christmas time, family gatherings are a major part of Christmas. Family gatherings can either be the highlight or the most stressful part of Christmas. Now, I'm just going to assume that everyone in this room, that this is not your family gathering, maybe coming up tonight or tomorrow, will not be stressful. Am I right here? Like everyone here, you're not going to be having any stressful family gatherings. You know, family gatherings, as you think about them, I always think about the women who do all of the work. Let's just be honest. They do all the cooking. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's guys in here that help out there, but I'm just thinking about at, at the last family gathering, my, my wife and mother-in-law did all the cooking, and I knew how much work it is there, but family gatherings can be stressful, but they also can be a joyful time. Now, when I think about family gatherings, I think about what to talk about. What do you talk about at family gatherings? Now, in our society, there's two topics at family gatherings that are off limits. Do you guys know what those topics are? Politics and, and religion, right? Like those are the two topics that um, when you gather as a family, we're not supposed to talk about. But I find that to be interesting because those are the two topics that I think are most important to our lives. Politics equal policy. Policy equals how our life is. In religion, I don't really enjoy that word, but I enjoy talking about Christ. I think it is important for families and gatherings to be talking about Jesus and his word. And today, I want to talk about one of those topics. Can you guess which one? Politics. <laughs> Politics is important for us to be talking about. And I hope that after service today, you go home and as you sit down to eat your ham or your turkey, you can let your family members know, like, hey, pastor gave us some advice. We're going to be talking tonight about politics at the Christmas dinner. But I do think politics is important, and I think it is important to be talking about, and when we look to God's Word, I want to be talking about kingdom politics today. 
Now, before you revolt and get all worked up, the doors are already locked for your safety. <laughs> so you cannot escape the message today. But I wanted to get your attention because oftentimes at Christmas, it is difficult to get people's attention because we kind of can be kind of glazed over with the season. But it is important for us to be looking at God's word and looking at kingdom politics this afternoon. Now, it may not be what you think it's going to be, but hang with me here, okay? Please, please don't be getting too worked up here. I want to look once again at Luke chapter 1. We read these verses earlier this afternoon here, and this comes out of Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26 through 33. And I'm going to ask for you to stand real quick as we read God's word this afternoon. Luke chapter 1 Starting in verse 26, says this. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her, and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. In verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. Father, as we look to your word, I ask that you would come, that you would speak to us, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us this afternoon. Father, I praise you for our time of gathering to remember who you are. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated. I want the parents to know, don't worry about the kids, okay? You guys... I don't know what happened to my wife, but she's probably, Mike, is, is my wife even in here? Or did she, oh, there she is. Honey, the kids are over here. I don't know what's, uh, you abandoned them. They're, they're waiting for you. No, but don't worry about the kids. We want them to be in here talking and gabbing and running around. That is perfectly fine. It does not distract me. I will send you a bill later. But. There is a lot of information in this section of Scripture here. What we get here is the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and speaks to her. She lets Mary know what is about to be taking place here. Mary, don't be afraid. You found favor with God because you are going to conceive a boy and you're going to name him Jesus. And we get this beautiful picture of this announcement of who this Jesus is going to be. And I want to be focusing in on that this afternoon. Look at verses 32 and 33. This is the description we get of who Jesus is. He says, He will be great. He will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom... There will be no end. Gabriel lets Mary know who her son is, 
who her son is going to be here. Now, throughout Scripture, you guys may or may not know this, but throughout Scripture, there's a lot of names for Jesus. We talked about this one a couple weeks ago on Sunday about how his name is going to be Savior and Christ and Lord. And Scripture has many names for who this Jesus is. But here, this Jesus says this. He's going to be Son of the Most High. The throne of his father David. He's going to reign over the house of Jacob. His kingdom there will be no end. This Jesus is a son. He's going to take over David's throne. He will reign over the house of Jacob, and his kingdom will have no end. Now, there's an Old Testament passage that I want to quickly look at here because there are so many prophecies about this Jesus. You guys probably know this, but the entire Old Testament is prophecy after, after prophecy on who Jesus and who this promised one was to come and who he was going to be. But I want to turn quickly to 2 Samuel chapter 7 and look at two verses. And this is the prophet Nathan speaking to David. And this is where David is looking out of, of his palace and he looks out and he realizes that the Ark of the Covenant is dwelling in a tent and David wants to build a place for the Ark to be stored. David realizes that he's living in a palace. But this is what the prophet says to him. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, in this brief verses here, the prophet speaks to David, and he gives him some words about the next generation, his son Solomon, but he also gives these words to what is going to happen in the future. And we know that because David's kingdom, David's, David's kingdom and Israel's kingdom died out. His son Solomon took the throne and he built the beautiful place, but David's kingdom had an end. So this prophecy is about a kingdom that's going to come that's going to have no end. And this kingdom is going to come from David's bloodline. And all of this is spoken about in the Old Testament that this offspring would come from the bloodline of David. He would establish a kingdom that would have no end. A kingdom that would last forever. And all of this was fulfilled at the birth of Jesus. When Gabriel comes and speaks to Mary... He speaks all of the fulfillment of the Old Testament. All of the fulfillment of what is about to be taking place that came from the bloodline of David that there would come a kingdom. That there would come a king that would reign forever. Now, I told you I want to be talking politics. So, we're going to talk politics. We're going to be talking kingdom politics. Here, it talks about a kingdom. Now, this word is a little bit foreign to our world. You and I, we don't live in kingdoms, unless I'm wrong about this one, but we live 
in America, right? Like say, we don't, we don't, we don't have a king in Washington. We defeated the king back in the 1776, or actually the war ended into the 80s. But we got out of kingdoms about 250 years ago, roughly, right? We don't live in this time of kingdoms. We live in the republic, which is a democracy here, and we have checks and balances within our system. We have no one man or woman in charge. And I bring this up because, because when we read Scripture, it's, it can be a little bit difficult for us to really comprehend what is happening here because when it was written, they were used to having kings. They had Caesar at the time. He was in charge. Whatever he said went. We don't live in those times. We have several powers. We, we elect representatives who go to Washington to represent us. We don't have one person in charge within our nation. But scripture here talks about a kingdom. It talks about a kingdom that would come that would reign forever. In America, where we live, like I said, we have these checks and balances. And the reason why we have checks and balances is because we can trust no man with all power. Our founding fathers recognized that. We totally recognize. I mean, guys, we, we left the kings of England and of Europe. We got out of that system because we saw what can take place when there is a king in charge. It can either be a good king or it can be a bad king. And if you read the history books, when you read about the bad kings, it's, it's absolutely terrible. It is like the most horrendous thing on how people lived underneath that. But so we have a different system. I want to read real quick on what C.S. Lewis said about democracy and about our current systems that we live in. He says, A great deal of democratic enthusiasm descends from the idea of people like Rousseau. Jean Rousseau was uh, part of the Enlightenment. He was a uh, uh, kind of a philosopher of politics, but I'm not going to bore you more. Uh, James, James is here. You can talk to James. James, lift up a hand. He's a history major. He can talk to you more about this. John Rousseau, but Rousseau, who believed in democracy because they thought mankind was so wise and good that everyone deserves a share in the government. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, the danger of defending democracy on those grounds is that they're not true. I find that they're not true without looking further than myself. I don't deserve a share in governing a hen roost, much, much less a nation. The real reason for democracy is mankind is so fallen that no man can be trusted with unchecked power over his fellows. Aristotle said that some people were only fit to be slaves. C.S. Lewis says, I do not contradict him, but I reject slavery because I see no man fit to be masters. But church, what if? What if there was a different king? What if there was a king who was perfect? What if there was a king that did not look out for his own interest, but looked out for the interest of his people? A king who was loving and caring and wanted the very best 
for his people? What if there was a king who knew his people? What if there was a good king who was not evil? And I bring this up, church, because what we are, are celebrating today, why we have Christmas and why we, we do this entire thing of singing songs and celebrating is because we are singing and celebrating that the king has arrived. Not a king like our history books speak about. Not that type of king. We're talking about a good king. A king that comes not out of selfishness, but a king who comes to serve and to love and care for his people. Christmas, church family, is about us celebrating the birth of a good king. A king that is unlike any of our kings that we've ever had within history. A king that has called all of his men and women to come and serve with him. This king is so radically different than the world that we are used to. Like I said, we live in this democracy here. We can't trust one man with ultimate power. But the Bible speaks about a kingdom. About a kingdom that has come. About a kingdom that will reign forever. The Bible also speaks about that one day every knee will bow to this king. That one day... This king's coming back for his people. But today, church family, we celebrate the birth of our king. We celebrate that the good king has arrived for us. And I want to just encourage you this afternoon, as you think about Christmas, as you think about Christmas Eve, and you're probably thinking about what is in the oven right now and everything going on tonight and tomorrow, I want you to remember that our king has come. And this king is not like other kings. He is a king that came for you and for me today. And we should celebrate the birth of our king and how this king came for you and for me. And I want us as a church family to worship this king, to remember why this king came, and for us to celebrate it should be a celebration today. We are celebrating that the king has arrived, that the king has come, that our Savior has come for us. And I want to just encourage you with that this afternoon, church family. As you go and as you celebrate tonight, talk about the politics of the kingdom. That we who believe in Jesus we fall underneath our king. We worship our king and we remember what our king has done for us today. Which he came to die for you and for me. And he went to that cross for his people. And I want us to celebrate and remember the birth of our king. I'm going to invite Jody Jennings up. Oh, she's right there. Come on up here. We have another song that Jody's going to bless us with, and then we're going to stand and we're going to worship our King this afternoon.
And we just are so pleased and, and blessed that you're here today, and we wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Sleeping. 
sing. 